Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Comedy Podcast. Today we'll be doing a deconstructing Disney episode here on Commented where we take a deep dive into the making, origin, and lasting impact of Disney films. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. Today we'll be talking about the Disney 1941 animated film, Dumbo. Dun, 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 dun. Um, we want to thank you guys for listening to our episodes. We've been really getting really great numbers. We hope you're liking all the content we're doing. If you have any recommendations for movies or things or what we should talk about, hit us up on Twitter. We are also going to be, um, you know what? I think this episode is going to come out after the K-pop festival. But um, we were at the KPSN Podcast Festival <laughs> this summer. We hope you guys uh, listened, tuned in, all that good stuff. Um Maybe eventually we'll upload that special episode sometime later on in the year or whatever. We'll see how it turns out after the the podcast festival. But yeah, so this episode is part of our Deconstructing Disney series. And I guess we're just going to jump into it. We're going in order by um, years of release. We're skipping movies in between, though. Like mm-hmm. some of the shorts we're not going to do. Um, the more po- the unpopular shows we're not going to do. But today we're doing Dumbo um Dumbo was released in 1941 uh it was it had a budget of $950,000 and made 1.3 million dollars back it is a movie about a baby elephant so um before we get started had you guys watched Dumbo before this no we watched it together never seen it before (laughs) first time watching this film yeah, I had never seen it also. I knew the story. I don't even remember how I knew of the story. I believe my grandma just told it to me one day, but I had never seen the movie. Mm. And what I had seen the movie. Yeah, I'd seen it. Um, uh-huh. I didn't watch it as a kid, but I saw it when I was going through my Disney phase in like middle school. So I rewatched it when I was older. Mm, what about you, yeah. Tori? I definitely probably, I don't know if I watched it as a kid. I probably watched it as a kid. Um, I probably have the VHS tape somewhere downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) My mom was, um, I was a Barney kid and then I was a Disney kid. So my mom, um, and my mom liked Disney movies. So we always like had them on TV and stuff like that. I don't remember anything. I hadn't remembered anything from the movie until we watched it together. (laughs) (laughs) So yes. So, um, a few more fun facts before we jump into the recap. This is one of Disney's shortest films with only a running time of 64 minutes um, compared to its other films. It's also one of the cheaper films because it was made during a time of war. They said, uh, keep it as inexpensive as possible. So, um, I'm going to start up at the top. We watched this a week ago, so I might not remember all the plots, so y'all might have to help me. So the movie starts, and we're in um, the clouds in Storkville, I think. And it's like, this is the beginning. Um, it's off-season. I'm actually going to read it from Wikipedia as well. Um, a large circus spins the off-season in the winter grounds in Florida. A flock of white storks delivers babies to the animals. Um, can we talk about how scary that scene was? It was like in the dark. <laughs> like... <laughs> They're like just drop it. Could you imagine just waking up and have just a child on your doorstep? Right. That's <laughs> that's traumatizing. The surrealism of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's surrealist. It's a very surrealist film for a kids' film. 
So one of the elephants, Mrs. Jumbo, does not receive her baby and she keeps scanning the sky. The circus sets the circus sets out on a new tour and a belated stork catches up with the moving train and drops off the expected baby elephant, um, whose actual name is Jumbo Jr. Um, the other really? elephants are, yeah, his name is not Dumbo. His name is Jumbo Jr. Uh, the other elephants are initially delighted until they see the baby has far oversized ears and properly nickname him Dumbo. Um, however, Miss Jumbo shows that her baby a great care and love defending him from the teasing of the other, other elephants. The other elephants were a bunch of Southern Karens and can't nobody tell me <laughs> difference. Um, so Dumbo clumsily, due to his ears, is made into a sideshow attraction. Um, no, I'm not going to read it from Wikipedia. So after this, um, we get to see the show, like the circus and like full, it's grandeur or whatever. And so, um, after that, they kind of made, like, I guess it's like when you walk through the circus before you go to the actual show and you see other animals, a bunch of naughty ass little kids start, first of all, these elephants were behind ropes and I'm sitting here like, I don't know, I don't care how great you train an animal, having them behind a rope is not protection to anybody, the animals, or the people that come to see the show. Yeah, exactly. That bothered me. <laughs> so they're behind ropes, and they're seeing the animals, and these dumbass kids, one dumbass kid in particular, goes into the exhibit and starts pulling on Dumbo's ears. And rightfully so, his mama goes the fuck off, grabs his kid, spanks him, and throws him in a barrel of hay. And of course, the circus staff is like, um, put her in a pen. And they like, they like, they tie Dumbo's mom up and they put her in a prison, basically. Yeah. Overkill, if you have to ask me, because there were like 72 locks on this, on this train that they were in. And so, you know, Dumbo's sad. Um, uh, she's, you know, they, they deemed her mad. Dumbo is blamed for the incident and shunned by the other elephants, which also pisses me off because I love elephants and the former wannabe zoologist in me is like if his mom actually was like captured or killed or whatever the other elephants would just take care of him it's with a lack of reality but of course it's a children's movie anyway so timothy a mouse that travels with the circus befriends Dumbo and decides to make him a star um so he goes into the ringmaster's cabins and he's whispering to him that Dumbo um should you know Dumbo and um so the ringmaster wakes up and decides to put Dumbo at the top of the pyramid of elephants which is so unrealistic (laughs) (laughs) um a pyramid of elephants however Dumbo trips because of his ears like he's a baby he's just growing into his ears or whatever um knocks over the pyramid injuring the other elephants um bringing the big top crashing down and after this the other elephants exile dumbo completely and he is put in with the clown's fireman act where he's regularly jumping off a burning building into a vat of pile feeling of a vat of pie feeling um despite his newfound popularity he hates the job and he becomes depressed i mean who wouldn't (laughs) um so timothy decides that he needs to take dumbo to go see his mom and they have like this little moment Meanwhile, the clowns decide to increase the popularity of their fireman act by dangerously raising the platform which Dumbo jumps from. Um, in celebration of their plan, they get like drunk and a bottle of the champagne that they're drinking falls into a vat of water. Dumbo's crying and he's got the hiccups. So Timothy, the mouse, takes him to get some water. They both get drunk and they go on a trippy-ass hallucination about pink elephants. 
so when they wake up, they disturb they discover that they're in a tree. Then a group of crows comes and be like, "What the hell is this elephant doing in a goddamn tree?" Because I too would be very confused. I ain't never seen an elephant in a goddamn tree. Um, the crows come. They do another uh, musical number. They teach Dumbo how to fly. Um, this is five minutes after. Mind you, this movie is sixty-four minutes long, and he doesn't fly until like the last eight minutes of the film. Um, so they give him a magic feather as like a placebo effect. He ends up flying. He ends up flying during his new act, and now that he is making the money, they release his mama, and now he gains fame and fortune. And that is when you explain it like that, it just feels it feels very like capitalism and (laughs) just it's just not giving. (laughs) It's not, and so that was Dumbo the movie, and I tell you guys, we really should record ourselves group watching because the comments we were making. Mm The comments we were making about the movie, of course, you know, we're going to get to the racism of this all and stuff like that. But um, I'm going to give you some quick facts that I found out while looking at. Oh, before we do that, how did y'all feel after we ended the movie? Um, very confused as to why this movie is so popular. That's because <laughs> like, I know a lot of people enjoy Dumbo. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Like it just it was very short and I yeah. feel like I was watching like a Disney short movie like uh and then also that part where they had like the acid trip with all the dancing and all <laughs> that. I mean that was pretty, but I was wondering if like the animators were like high when they made that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the it was one of the more I feel like meaningless movies because we're gonna get into like the coding of the characters and which way the characters read and how racist this movie truly is. But um, is it feels like it had no purpose. Like, it was supposed to be, like, an inspiring, like, even if you're different, it's okay to be different. Um, As long as we can make money off of you, then it'll be better. That's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, again, we're hitting this question that we always have, was this movie made for a children's audience? Um, I feel like this is one of the first films where there wasn't as many as adult themes as we were seeing in like Snow White or Pinocchio. But at the same time, it came off as meaningless. It didn't like, there's, it's still, it's gearing slowly towards the new Disney formula of being awe inspiring for children. Like you can do anything if you put your mind to it type of thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, watching that movie was just like, what is first of all they bullied this child for like 50 minutes yeah. <laughs> for no reason 50 minutes of the movie was just him getting bullied because he was different or othered and then you give him the thing about him flying at the very end and then it was just it yeah. and so you wonder like why they even made the movie in the first place when yeah. you read that it was only made, I'm not saying only 950000 but it's definitely, you can tell it was one of the cheaper Disney movies because it almost felt rushed. Like they had an idea, but then they were like, you know what? We're in a war. Let's just put it out. Yeah. And then make the elephant scene really long, like make it interesting for kids to look at. Because I do feel like this was like the first one that they were like, they toned, not toned down on, they kept it sort of adult, but also... Dumbo didn't speak in this one like other protagonists all had speaking roles this was the first one where you see like the silent like animal protagonist 
mm-hmm. um, that Disney tends to use in their later um, movies. Um, so it's like, I don't know, I just kind of felt like this movie wasn't what, like, I can tell why it's not, unless you're like a big Disney fan, why people aren't clamoring about Dumbo, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let's get into like the cast. I really didn't do directors or writers for this one, but the cast of this one is kind of interesting. So you have the the guy who plays who voiced the stork, also um, is vo- the voice actor for Winnie the Pooh, for for Ka oh, from wow. the Jungle Book, for Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland, and from one of the Aristocrats. Um, the main crow's voice was provided by Cliff Edwards, who also did Jiminy Cricket. Um, Dumbo's mother was voiced by Werner, Verna Felton, who also played Flora from Sleeping Beauty, Aunt Sarah from Lady and the Tramp, the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland, and the Fairy Godmother from Cinderella. So this was like a kind of like, I guess a lot of their films happen after Dumbo, but this was like a kind of star-studded cast, if you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. And so now we're going to get into some interesting production facts before we get into, um, the music and the originality and um the original plots and um other renditions of Numbo. So I got my production facts from Oh My Disney, um a mental floss article by Stacy Conrad, an insider.com article by Marilyn La Trinis. I'm sorry I pronounced your name completely wrong. So the first one is that Dumbo's real name is not Dumbo. It's actually Jumbo Jr. I didn't know that. <laughs> I saw that I was like Huh, okay. Um, the Pink Elephants on Parade sequence was one of the most quickest productions that Disney has ever done. The animator named Howard Swift um, animated 100 feet of sequence in just one week. Uh, wow. Yes. And this is back in the day before computers, so like by hand, that's fast. Yeah, the weekly average was only 20 feet and he was doing 100 feet a week. I don't, I, that's crazy to me. So due to war effects, the studio had instructions to keep Dumbo as inexpensive as possible. This is the thing that killed me right here. So for those of you who don't know, um, if you watch the movie, there's a scene where we're looking at a conversation of the clowns, right? Where they're talking about the, how they want to raise their act and make it bigger. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember that scene, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This was actually supposedly Disney mocking Walt mocking really the animator strike that happened during dumbo so Wait, so it was walt himself like it was walt trying to mock the 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 animator yeah so listen to this wow. so from the article that i read it said there was um disney mocked his striking workers by putting in a scene where a group of clowns decided to hit the big boss um, for a raise, right? So in May of 1941 during the production of dumbo disney animators went on strike um they went on strike. So basically what had happened is they weren't getting profits from Snow White. The lawyer over Disney Studios at the time was a jackass who was trying to isolate them and not get them to like um, talk about their rights or anything like that. So they'd had enough. And so then Walt got real mad once his highest paid animator, a man he really trusted, resigned from being president and went to join the strike. And so he fired him. And then two days later, the strike started. It lasted five weeks. Um... The FDR finally sent reps who sided with the guild. I think this is the beginning of the Animators Guild. Um, Mm. Walt then leaves to go on a Latin American tour to ease the tensions and then gave in um, on signing the guild's demands 
because he was afraid of losing government contracts and the bank loans being recalled that he had signed for. And so he That's mocks crazy. them in the Dumbo movie by having one of the clowns be like, we're going to hit the boss with a four rays. And so I, when Walt I read being that, I was since day one, <laughs> right. Walt not disappointing with us being complete garbage. I actually put a photo in the document if y'all can see it. And so um, there was also going to be a double two that was supposed to happen in 2006. Um, the premise was that his circus buddies had to figure out a way out of the big city after the circus train accidentally leaves them. But that never happened. Um, though the scene passed muster or the um, censorship board in 1941, it um, the pink elephant scene doesn't always uh, pass a lot of censorship. So sometimes if you watch the Dumbo movie, you can see that it's just a dream of Dumbo flying. Because um, we were confused while watching that scene. Because why <laughs> is a little baby elephant who's kind of coded as a child... Trip. <laughs> on an acid trip after like, drinking champagne yeah <laughs> he was on a full like out of this world drug trip mm-hmm. and it made no sense um another interesting fact there's an octopus actually named after dumbo called the dumbo octopus it's mm-hmm. very adorable there's also a picture of it in the document <laughs> um this next fact is not a production fact but when I tell you it's fucking horrifying, I want everybody to go to the document. If you're not on it, please do. Those <laughs> images are fucking horrifying. Just what? Terrifying. <laughs> so you, um, Nia mentioned earlier that, that Dumbo was one of the first non-communicative animals that we've had as a protagonist. But there was actually a live action Dumbo circus show that debuted on the Disney Channel 40 years after the original movie and he has like this cute adorable voice if you click that link it'll take you to the video you can hear it but the pup it's all people in like those puppet the mascot suits Mm -hmm. and it's fucking terrifying (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. giving um pre-barney it's giving party city it's giving party city it's very scary to look at (laughs) Could you imagine being a child and this would be the only children's entertainment you had was to watch these terrifying characters like do stuff at a circus? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that we even have footage from this is amazing. But yeah, so Dumbo actually does have a voice if you want to listen to that. Also, there's been a remake that was directed by Tim Burton. I didn't watch it. I didn't end up watching it. I saw the trailer for it and it's giving very much white savior. So mm. um, that I don't think that movie did well, did it? I don't think it did either. I didn't even realize it was a Tim Burton production. Because you know when Tim Burton released something, it's usually all over the news. People and I don't lose remember their minds. Every, right. Yeah. I don't ever remember hearing about that. But yeah. So those are some yeah. interesting facts I found out. Um, learning out that Walt has always been complete garbage is low-key satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Nia, do you want to take us into the music? Yeah, sure, sure. So I got my sources from the Disney Wiki, DisneyFandom.com slash wiki for the Dumbo. And then I did, um, there's a LA Times uh, blog post from 2009 that was a snow, that was mostly a Disney, um, it was about Disney Awards that won the Academy Awards. And that's where I got that from. And I've gotten um, some more information from CartoonResearch.com. And so I mostly like, so what the what's interesting is that even though this movie like this movie is cheap but it seems like the academy kind of gave it more 
I don't know why. Like people, I read a lot of the reviews from the time, and they were like, "Oh, it's cute. It's good. It's the music's great." And I'm like, "Is it? Like, I'm not <laughs> saying. Like, I'm not trying to say the music's bad. Like, it's not mm-hmm. bad, but it's not. It's not Snow White. Like, there, Snow White has at least five good songs. This, I like. I give it one, two, but like, um, the this soundtrack like it was all composed by three people: Frank Churchill, Oliver Wallace, and Ned Washington. And mm. so they did everything. Um, and this score won it won for best original score at the Academy Awards. And I'm like, this? That's crazy because I don't remember like, any of the songs. I don't right? remember like, any of the songs. It's weird. Like, were people giving Walt stuff because they wanted to make him happy because he didn't win for like... I mean, it's because like there's no reason to give this movie when the songs weren't hitting the same way. I don't know. But it could be that we're biased and we just didn't live through the time. But to me, it's like the lasting impact most people don't remember these songs on this from this movie at all um the soundtrack consists of seven songs some say eight depending on the source but Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go with seven um yeah because one of them was taking out i remember reading that one of the songs really for the movie yeah got you okay and then um the most popular songs are baby mine and uh which is the lullaby that bumbo's mom sings to him from the from the jail cell <laughs> and mm-hmm. then pink elephants on parade and when i see an elephant fly but the thing with pink elephants on a parade nobody knows this like people know the sequence but they don't know the song so they right. it doesn't really count in the same way like some people who know a sequence like be prepared from the lion king they also remember the song with it elephants mm-hmm. on parade is just kind of like people remember it for being the scene that dumbo gets drunk or has an acid trip but they don't, if you ask them to hum the song, they won't know it. And the mm. racist When I See an Elephant Fly is the only song that's like, that people have on the, as the top on the list. So that's also a problematic song, but we'll talk about the racism later. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But Baby Mom, Baby Mine was nominated. It didn't win for the year, but mm. um, it was, it's like one of the few Disney songs that got added to the AFI's 100 Years 100 Songs list in 2004. It didn't win this, but it was nominated. And not many Disney songs have been nominated for this list. So I'm shocked they included this one. But I right. think it might Wasn't have something to do. Wasn't it just a simple-ass lullaby? <laughs> yeah. Low-key, I think this might have something to do with the fact that in the 80s, Bette Midler was huge. She's an actress. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. she re-recorded and covered this song for a movie called Beaches. And even though this movie's not known now as much, like, she was massive. So, like, anything she must have touched might have brought new life to the song and made people remember, mm. oh, maybe this is a nice song. So, I don't know. I mean... To me, that's the only thing that makes sense because the song is not referenced. Disney doesn't use this song as like anything in their brand that's withstood time. Um, Mm -hmm. But critics lived for this soundtrack and I'm like, I don't understand why. (laughs) Um, And then it's been, but Elephants on Parade, the sequence has been parodied a lot in popular culture, like South Park, Bob Berger, SpongeBob. Um, But the song alone hasn't. So um it needs to be attached with the image of that scene to mm-hmm. be remembered um so and mainly just like what i find interesting is like even though people at the time like the song it really doesn't matter what people at the time like if it doesn't translate through the years you know like mm-hmm. um someone could have liked a song back then and say the songs were all made well and they were great and won best score but if people 70 years later don't know them 
does it really matter? Because that's what I kind of get the vibe from this soundtrack. The songs aren't bad. It's just that Disney's, the lasting impact of these songs is not felt the same way that Pinocchio's were or Snow White's. So yeah, that's just my take on the music. I, I think it's really interesting because if you walk through the Disney park and they started playing a song from Dumbo, I don't think anybody would realize it. I don't think anybody <laughs> would be like, oh yeah, this is such a Dumbo song unless you went to the Dumbo attraction at yeah. the park. Yeah. That's really interesting. Like, I don't... Because there's a lot of Dumbo, like, memorabilia and things like that. I feel like there's a niche fandom that finds him really adorable. Yeah, like, definitely. Like Disney, and I think if like, you're a Disney character. fan, you know who you know these things. But like, mm-hmm. those are just people who are heavy in Disney. I don't think the general public is out here. Like, if you ask someone name a song from Dumbo, Dumbo, they'll be like, mm, "Don't know." <laughs> yeah, we talk um, about this all the time. But like, I don't think this is a movie I'm gonna be showing my kids. Like, oh don't. yeah, please don't. Like, like not <laughs> like no shade. Like, I know there's Disney adults or Disney fans out here that are gonna come for me. But like, please skip this one. <laughs> Like it's not it's not needed. Uh huh. Okay. Well, let's go into the origin of it. Marion, you want to take? Okay. It away? So when it comes to the original Dumbo, my source is MousePlanet.com. So mm-hmm. basically, um, the original authors are Helen Aberson and Harold Pearl. Um, they're actually a couple, or they were married, who ended mm-hmm. up divorcing. But basically, for their original copy, no known copies exist today. So some historians believe that there were a few test copies. They made this like roller book kind of thing too, but um, that Walt Disney may have purchased the right to the story. And so therefore there were no original copies with their names on it. There's like one, if you go on the internet, you'll find like one copy. There'll be like Dumbo and then have the authors as um, Helen Aberson and Harold Pearl, but it's the same photo all the time. And basically that uh, Disney's contract with Aberson and Pearl and Rollabook allowed them to publish the Dumbo story under their name. That being said, I, number one, you would have to, per- <laughs> I, you could not find, you couldn't even find the Disney version online. Like you would have to purchase it. And mm-hmm. so I figured that if the only one around is Disney's version, then what's the point of me reading the book considering it would be exactly like the movie. Right. So I just didn't. I didn't I really I was like, well, since Disney's one was the only one made and all the other ones after that have to be exactly like that. So I just didn't bother reading it. Mm, and so apparently um the there is a real life Dumbo. I got this from AM Digital. Um that's my source, but basically Dumbo supposedly loosely based on a real elephant called Jumbo, an African bush elephant sold to who was sold to an Italian animal dealer. And Jumbo ended up being sent to a zoo in Paris and then a zoo in London where he became really popular. But Jumbo became aggressive, possibly due to health issues because apparently he was being fed whiskey and beer. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And so due to him being aggressive, he ended up being sold to a circus in New York, which he ends up becoming a sensation as well. But in, this is really sad here. Warning. He um, Jumbo ends up getting struck by a train and dies. And though he died, the Jumbo craze never did not end. And for two years, they stuffed Jumbo and traveled. Uh, he traveled oh, with the circus Lord. for two more years. Oh, I read that and terrifying. I said, well, that's absolutely awful. Right? How did he yeah. get struck by a train? That's what I said. I was like, what do you, 
what do you mean? Like he was standing on like what? How does an elephant just get? S- unless he was like let out near a train track and then wandered off, and for some reason nobody paid attention to him. That and, doesn't uh, sound elephant. Right. I know that's what I said. Okay. I was like, there's no, no way. Do- there's no way no one paid attention to an elephant moving yeah. around them in New York. <laughs> right like it's that and him dying is really sad but i just felt like stuffing him and him That's traveling just was just a, a different kind of disrespect i i'm so glad that most circuses just don't have animals in their acts yeah. anymore because yeah. like uh, that and zoos like mm-hmm. i i can understand people who want to do like aquariums for like small fishes but there's no reason you should have a fucking whale in your facility mm-hmm. <laughs> Or like a large ass shark, but like having crabs and fishes because you want your kids to be able to see those. It's like cool, fine. I I understand that museums and zoos can be accessible for people who who might not ever leave the country to ever see these animals in the wild. But I I I I like defund zoos. Like just <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. unless you're going to put them like in a park, people can just drive through mm-hmm. where they're like not in cages and in enclosures. But even then, it's like, ugh, I, stuffing him and then like yeah. traveling around that was for awful. two more years. Yeah, that's. I just- absolutely. If you're a big game hunter, that is not like you're not doing like people who big game hunt in Africa. Y'all are all going to hell, all <laughs> hell in a handbasket. I just want you to know that. I have such a distaste for people who hunt for pleasure, and it's not mm-hmm. like. Um, animals that are deemed nuisances. Mm-hmm. You make mm-hmm. no sense. Like in Florida, crocodiles. There's too many of them, so you have to hunt them for like ecological preservation. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna hunt them, I'm okay with people who hunt and um, use the animals to its full extent. People who like hunt for pleasure just to kill an animal and take a photo with it. It just doesn't really sit do. right with me. It doesn't. You're going to hell. I just hope wherever personal hell yours is, you're going to hell. I hate it so much. Um, but yeah, that's interesting to me. That one that Jumbo was real. Two that yeah, you can't find the original manuscript for this book. No, like you have to purchase the original Disney version, and then the original original is not even around anymore because possibly Walt might have bought the rights to it before it even and was burned out. It probably <laughs> probably you knowing walt but like that's <laughs> what's sad to me is like out of all the things he could have it's weird how he picked like dark really dark things to make kids movies about like because mm-hmm. when you you think i mean for kids you want to show them inspirational stuff like positive stories but then picking like tragic stories like these it's like mm-hmm. what are you trying to i, I, I don't get it like which goes back to the question, was Walt making these for kids? Or was he just making yeah. movies? And then animation got deemed something that was for kids. True. Mm. That's a good point. Mm. Alright, let's go into variations. Corey, you want to take it away? Yeah, Um. so what's very interesting about this, along with Marin saying how you can't really find the original copy of the book or the original story online anywhere, there aren't any variations either. And that was making mm. me think that maybe like Disney like <laughs> hid them away or like paid them off to to mm-hmm. you know stay quiet or something. But um yeah, there were no other like variations by country or anything like that. The only 
somewhat variation of the story was the retelling by Tim Burton mm-hmm. in 2019 in the Dumbo live action movie. So mm-hmm. what I basically did was try to see what the differences were between the two works. My sources were a Time Magazine article, 10 Ways the New Dumbo is Different from the Original by mm-hmm. Rachel E. Greenspan. Then there was like a YouTube video called Top 10 Biggest Changes in Dumbo by Miss Mojo on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so basically in the live action version of the movie that came out not too long ago, um, Dumbo is born the real mammal way instead of being dropped off by a stork. I guess mm-hmm. they wanted to be more realistic with this movie. Um, and unlike the cartoon movie, the way he gets his name is from humans bullying him instead of other animals. And so basically what happens is while he's trying to perform a trick in the circus, he ends up falling and like ruining the sign that was made for him. It said like uh, baby jumbo and the sign sign somehow messed up to where the J turned into a D and then the crowd started taunting him, um, yelling Dumbo at him, which is really sad. Like you're bullying a fucking animal, but okay. And that's how the name stuck. Mm. And then also in this movie, there's no speaking animals. Uh, It's not like a musical like the original movie was at all. And the even, you know how like he was trained by a mouse originally, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They took that part out as well. And they replaced the mouse with two children instead. And so that's how he got trained. Mm. Um, But one good thing about this movie is at the end, um, it kind of came about how animals were being treated inhumanely in circuit in circuses and mm-hmm. so by the end of the movie Dumbo and his mother she didn't die in this movie but they got released back into the wild hmm huh. that's that's interesting and overall bright for sound... a Tim Burton film yeah, yeah it really yeah. does sound bright but I can kind of just reading and seeing clips from the movie doesn't seem that interesting so I kind of it understand why it wasn't it. <laughs> yeah I understand why it wasn't that talked about when it did come out yeah yeah wow but yeah this is like the first one of the first movies where there was just zero variations of the story like that's actually yeah. very suspicious <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it seems it like falls in line. Walk, uh, sorry, go, oh, ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was like gonna say it falls in line with the idea that maybe Walt did pub um publish get the get the rights to it before it was published, and therefore there weren't really that many variations to it. Yeah, it, I guess like it wasn't able to be spread yeah. everywhere and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because apparently the I think I might be wrong, but apparently the artists for the original story that worked with the authors worked for disney so, oh okay yeah oh, i think wow. i read really, that as well yeah. it might really just mm. be a it really came out of disney kind of thing well except yeah, the yeah. real jumbo mm. so now we get into the more interesting part of the show so how racist it was <laughs> <laughs> and um there's this thing that happens in film where you have characters that don't have a specific race, but we call it coding where you can kind of code where these animals or characters are from by the way they're talking, the way they're presented. So um, I don't remember in a full, but the first racist thing that happens is the, the, the little 
song that they have yeah, do you remember the title of the song yeah. i don't remember the name but i know exactly the scene you're talking about where they're setting up the the circuit. tent oh yes. yeah so according to dumbo's wikipedia um the encyclopedia of racism in american films 2018 notes that all the circus laborers are african-american and the only time the black people are seen in a great number in the entire movie um, the lead crow voiced by a white actor called Cliff Edwards is an imitation of Southern African-American dialect. They named him Jim Crow after the pre-Civil War minstrel character. Um, they also changed the character's name in the 1950s to Dandy Crow to attempt to avoid controversy. <laughs> like that was uh, going to do anything. Like that was going to do anything. Film scholar Richard Schiekel in his 1986 book, The Disney Version, argued that the group of crows in the film were African-American stereotypes. They were voiced by African-American actors and singers of a popular all-black Hall Johnson choir, including actors James Basket, who sung Song of the South, and Nick Stewart, the Amos in Andy show. Um, Ward oh, wow. Kimball. They see, oh, all the, like, like, we like i know people who know like who studied film or took film all mm-hmm. those actors were people who like did what do you call it like stereotype like had to just did what they had to do yeah to get like paid like those were not great roles like right those are not great shows it's a lot of it's like minstrelsy almost it's mm-hmm. it's rough yeah and so Ward Kimball, the chief animator of The Crows, used famous African-American dancers, Freddie and Eugene Jackson, as live-action reference to the characters. Don't know why you needed Black people to do that. Um, the personalities and mannerisms of The Crow, um, specifically the fast-paced back-and-forth dialogue, were inspired by back chat found on the band records of Cap Calloway and Louis Armstrong. Um, Carnia Longgrove exploring the history of Song of the South and her podcast, you must remember, this discussed the basis of the crows in minstrel show culture and a part of a wider use of minstrel show culture by Walt Disney. It was so funny because when we were, not funny, but it was interesting because when we were watching the part with the crows, you could tell that they were trying to imitate the way black people talk about humor. Like mm-hmm. the way black people um, in general, if something's funny and it hits with the group and everybody's laughing, you'll keep targeting that one thing because it's yeah. funny you'll build up and i don't it. know yeah. if a lot of other cultures do that and it's so obviously seen in the crow scene that i was like damn y'all had a references because that's not easy to do yeah. unless you're watching black people talk yeah because most white people don't pick up on that stuff or just right. non-black people in general yeah so um in his 1973 book the disney films film historian and critic Leonard Mountain argued that the crows are undeniably black, but they are black characters, not black stereotypes. This is not mm. dig- dig- <laughs> there is no degrad um d- denigrating dialogue or Uncle Tomism in the scene. And if offense is taken in hearing blacks call each other brother, then the viewer is merely sensitive to the accuracy. Oh Lord, who wrote this? Leonard Le- Mountain, whoever the f- a white man is he black? Fuck you, oh, white. white. He's white. <laughs> no listen <laughs> of course he's not offended he's white it has nothing to do with him like right the what's exhausting is like i'm glad that disney put a disclaimer before you watch the movie like yeah if you go I, on disney plus and you watch it there's a disclaimer yeah like they tell you this is like racially uh culturally insensitive or whatever but mm-hmm. it's like like to me why are you making excuses over something that's overwhelmingly racist like they name the crow jim crow and they have a white man voicing jim crow <laughs> and then the other black ones are all 
being stereotypes. Like, what are you talking Even the about? lyrics in that song was talking about how dumb they were or how they're yeah. not educated and mm-hmm. shit like that. And it's great. You're talking it's about when they were building vernacular. a tent? Yes. It was really because yeah. it's talking about how they have no education and stuff like that, but they're still happy. And like right. they're oh, like Lord. they're like being out here working day and night, but they're still happy. I was like, okay. And they were faceless. Yeah, yeah. Didn't even bother to animate them. Um, I'm reading all of this from Wikipedia, by the way. So, animation historian John Canemaker felt that the crows were amongst the very characters in the film that sympathize and are empathetic with Dumble's plight, since being a marginalized ethnic group themselves, they can relate to Dumble as a fellow outcast. He further added that the crows are the most intelligent, the happiest, the freest spirited characters in the whole film. First of fucking all, the only reason that they're empathetic to Dumbo is because Dumbo is coded to be a little black kid or a little mixed kid at the very least. Like, you can't tell me that Dumbo was supposed to be somebody's coded as white. You know what I'm saying? Because right. they othered him immediately. So to me, because the elephants are Karens from the South, it's very obvious in the way that they have conversation. He reads as a mixed child to me. Like somebody mm-hmm. with a black daddy who's constantly being othered in a space of whiteness. Um, but yeah, in 1980, film critic Michael Wilmington referred to the crows as father figures. Oh, Lord. <laughs> or, 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 um, he referred to them as father figures, self-assured individuals who are obviously parodies of proletarian blacks. Um, but comments, the crows are the snappiest, liveliest, most together characters in the film. They are tough and generous. They bow down on no one. And of course, it is they who teach Dumbo to fly. <laughs> See, that's what's crazy. It's like, even when like the when white cri- critics try to make excuses for black caricatures and stereotypes mm-hmm. they all they imply they put more stereotypes onto black people as a culture without right. even realizing it like oh they're the ones that are fatherly they're the parentals because in your mind black people are just here to raise your children and Ooh. to mother you and like it and to father you it's like why do you go talk to actual living black people please stop making excuses for this see also i remember how we said we don't watch this movie don't have your kid watch this movie honestly if you're someone who wants to show your kids and explain to things to them while it's happening watch it with them but don't let them watch it by themselves Mm -hmm. don't let just your kids sit in the tv by themselves (laughs) and watch this because they're not going to get the context and they're not going to be able to break down why this is problematic so if Mm -hmm. you are someone who wants to show this movie to a child watch it with them pause it every five seconds and explain (laughs) like make it a learning experience but because yeah if if a child watches that and then hears that same candidates of language from black people outside of the film they're going to think about the first thing that they've heard it from and then connect the stereotypes yeah. So yeah, I. This is also an interesting fact that it says in 2017, Whoopi Goldberg expressed a desire for the Crows characters to be more merchandised by Disney because the Crows sing the song and double that everyone remembers. Listen, Whoopi. Oh, no. <laughs> no, go ahead, Decoria. <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna say anything. I'm just uh, I have nothing. Sometimes to say about Whoopi that. be all off. Like, <laughs> the, to me, it's not about. I know some people will say, "Oh well, don't erase it because then it makes it seems like." it never happened and everything was all flowers or whatever. But to me, it's like, if you're not going to acknowledge the problematic nature of stuff, 
mm-hmm. in the first place don't capitalize off it yeah like, like to try to profit off of it really right and then like why don't you actually ask like if any of the actors or the voice actors who voice these things are still alive or their kids are alive why don't you do a documentary about it like instead of doing something to try to profit off of it or say it's harmless of course it's harmless to you because you're not the community it's about <laughs> like yeah i, don't I know. it's so interesting because i feel like a lot of um a lot of children of color end up projecting themselves onto animal characters because they have no other representation yeah yeah if that makes sense no that makes 100 percent sense um and also there's an, a ridiculous stereotype about how um characters like for example tiana princess tiana um the frog the, she was a frog most of the movie and not a black person yeah and so like, the mm-hmm. stereotype of people creating stories about black people and then turning them into something else even that movie that came out not too long ago was it called soul soul he's mm-hmm. a yeah yeah he's like Other... a, a soul for the most of the movie not actual and it's black person you know what's crazy is that right after princess and the frog came out i think rapunzel was the or tangled and they get to be full humans the whole movie right like it's like disney knows when to leave it's like they pick and choose obviously like with not even realizing it with the black people they think oh well how can we make this how can we turn them something in other than black you know there's also the other one where the animation with will smith he plays an agent that turns into a pigeon oh yeah that's crazy they just won't it's and then they, the creators and writers will be like oh well we didn't think about this at the time it's like well then why do you allow elsa and anna to be have two full movies full human but yet with the black stuff you're like oh we didn't realize mm-hmm. it's 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 because you it's because like honestly i think because a lot of stereotypes through animation of black people have been portrayed through these caricatures like the crows honestly there's a movie like um is it robin hood there's something else that disney did and a few other companies did where they would make like a rabbit or something and they would have them talk a certain way like aren't the aristocrats low-key just jazz players yeah like (laughs) (laughs) yeah and they'll do that and they'll be like okay you know this this character's black because we're having him behave or her behave in a stereotypical manner Mm -hmm. and it's like and so I, I think new writers today, they think, well, because they did that in the 50s, we got to do it now. It's like, no, you don't. You can just allow black people to be black on screen and animation. It's okay. Yeah. I don't know if there was anything redeeming in this movie. I don't know if there was anything that you could... I don't, I don't know. This movie is weird to me. It's a weird disney thing because it's not as iconic as like yeah it's not great like Like, i don't understand so remember how dumbo goes back to the circus at the end right doesn't he Mm -hmm. and he becomes like a bigger sensation why would if you are working through something that makes you other um something that people are poking fun of you and then you work through it in order to overcome this obstacle why would you go back to the place that you were making being made fun of would you not go to a place where you are better accepted that people will take you for who you are like why would you now that they 
now you have to wait until they accept you and then you can work with them. Like, I don't, I don't understand the message that it was trying to give. Yeah. That's a I, point, Marin. It's, it, I think it was, it's, well, considering that it happened in the middle of an animator strike, yeah. I guess that plays into a lot of what the film ended up being. I think there were some sources that said that there was supposed to be an entirely different premise for the film, but they just didn't end up um, doing it because they were in the middle of war and time was yeah. of the essence. And I guess they just wanted to get the movie out. In this World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's yeah. insane. Overall, yeah. just not I, a great movie. <laughs> right. It's not. I'm giving Dumbo like a two out of ten. Because I like yeah, Dumbo himself. He's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. But that's I'll, it. I'll give it a two as well. <laughs> Same. I'm giving it a two as well. Yeah. I agree. Like, once again, this is a movie you can just pass over. Nothing noteworthy about it. Question, y'all. This just popped in my head. Out of mm-hmm. the three Disney movies we've seen so far in this series, what do you? which one did you enjoy the most? Oh, God. Pinocchio? Yeah, I was gonna say Pinocchio. Like that one was more interesting than the other two. Snow White. Snow White had no plot. Didn't I say <laughs> I like? Didn't I say I was? Didn't I say I was bored as hell in Pinocchio and that I preferred Snow White? Yeah. Didn't I say yeah. that? You did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess I'll go with Snow White. I yeah, can't watch I a girl make the same mistake five times <laughs> in the forest. See, the only way I'd pick Snow White is because I like the song so much. Mm. But that's, but that's just this this the music like the plot. Pinocchio, Pinocchio has like a what the fuck factor to it mm-hmm. yeah and if I was watching that with a child I'd be like see don't talk to strangers don't mm-hmm. do that <laughs> I feel like yeah, I'd have more true. commentary if I rewatched Pinocchio mm-hmm. more than I would Snow White or Dumbo that's very true so yeah um we hope you enjoyed this episode I hope y'all are prepared because next movie we're getting traumatized because it's bambi baby oh <laughs> another movie come I've never on seen. childhood trauma <laughs> you've never seen bambi Mary? no i've never seen bambi either i have a few visceral memories from bambi so mm-hmm. this will yeah. yeah yeah that's gonna be terrifying um but yeah we uh thank you guys for listening to this episode um this series will never end because disney will never <laughs> stop making movies uh we enjoy doing this because it takes it looks back at our childhood and our futures and what's happening and i think it's really interesting to just kind of look at the things behind the scenes when it comes yeah. to disney um disney films, so make sure you follow oh sorry. what did you say here i was gonna say at this point disney is in, is almost involved in Every, like everything like mm-hmm. now like yeah. a lot of us are in marvel um isn't disney involved in marvel somehow they own or is it they bought yeah yeah, yeah exactly so it's almost involved in everything yeah they will forever be an entity in entertainment mm-hmm. unfortunately. fortunately walt got his wish <laughs> of being also, we can get to this i can't wait for us to get to frozen so we can talk about the conspiracies of how they wanted the to it, change change all the search engines from disney frozen head to disney the movie frozen <laughs> Ooh, this is gonna be fun that'll take us a few years to get there but I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that means you just have to keep listening and you know subscribe to our podcast leave us a five-star review on um apple Podcasts or wherever you listen make sure you follow us on twitter and tiktok um and until next time i'm tori i'm marin i'm nia and i'm decoria Bye-bye. bye bye